This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now! <laughs> it's such a Monday-ish Monday, isn't it? Okay, so... <laughs> Delusional. You're not wrong. It's a very Monday Monday, and for a couple of different reasons. Number one, we are down to the final four full weeks of the school year. Mm-hmm. Great news. And it's nice out. And when it's nice out, particularly after the weekend, people don't really want to go to the places that they have to go. Like jobs and, and, and <laughs> things like that. Like jobs, yeah. Exactly. Mainly jobs, I think, for a lot of people. And then it's a holiday in the States, which screws up a lot of people's days. I know I'm going to sound like a broken record on this, but can we please just get Justin and Joe to sit down with a calendar and say, okay, you guys have got Memorial Day and we've got May 2-4. When can we uh, sync these up so that we're all off on the same day so that last Monday Canadian markets were closed and American were open and then we flip it around today? It'd be very convenient if we could get on the same page. Well, we do a lot of business together, right? We do. Uh, Canadians, Americans, we do a lot of business. So I know there's a lot of people who work for businesses that are maybe American businesses operating in Canada or vice versa. You work together in one way or another. And it definitely has an impact. It definitely does. We are going to talk about an interesting wedding situation. One of my favorite topics. And we're going to get to that coming up on this episode of After 9. Hey, I voted yesterday, Kat. You did it. You made up your mind. I did. I don't know. Because I'm... (laughs) I, I, I'll be in the same boat on voting on even if I vote that day on Thursday. I'm still going to be like, Neil, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, let's talk about the provincial election because it is coming up on Thursday. And now the advance polls are closed. This morning, Elections Ontario came out with the update that voter turnout for the advance polls was just over 10 percent. Compare that to 6 percent in the last election. Okay, well, hey, now you guys know there's an interest in voting on days other than Election Day. So I'm hoping that they will make advance voting a little more convenient. And what I mean by that is this was the final full weekend before we vote on Thursday. Yet advance polls were only open on Saturday. Mm -hmm. They were open all weekend for previous weekends. But the biggest weekend of them all, right before the polls open, they were only open one day. Why is that? Did they figure everyone who wanted to do advance probably already did it? Yeah, but, you know, I, I think that's the reason for it. But I would. they're also using, they used yesterday to do more training for some staff that are going to be working on Thursday. Hey, I have to think that there was an easier way to do that training and have the polls open because it's great that they had all those advance voting days. But half of them were way back a couple of weeks ago before the debates even happened. Mm. And I don't think that's right. I think people would like to wait until closer to election day. Uh, Sure, some people can vote a month out and they're completely confident in who they're going to vote for, and that's fine. But I would think that's a small percentage of the population, particularly with this election. There's a lot of people who are on the fence. They're debating whether or not they're going to vote at all. 
And even when they do say, I'm going to vote, it's not a slam dunk on who they're going to vote for. I went in there yesterday and I had six options. In my riding, I have the progressive conservatives, liberals, NDP, Green Party, New Blue, and the Ontario Party. Hmm. I really, really struggled with who to vote for. You know, I thought I had my mind made up, and then I got my ballot. I sat down there behind the box, and I just didn't know what to do. And, and I don't even mind telling you what I'm conflicted by is the last two years. The last two years, right. I, I just think, you can go back and listen to the podcast. Every day, it was something new, mm-hmm. in case you forgot. You're not alone, by the way. I, I, you're, I, mean, I know you're not alone on that. I just, if the, if the knock on Kathleen Wynne, for example, is how, well, there was a lot of corruption. I mean, we don't even need to debate that. We all know what happened there. But a lot of jobs left Ontario, a lot of businesses left Ontario, and so on and so forth. The same thing happened with Doug, but nobody is talking about the last two years. All those businesses that got shut down and families that were... Uh, thrown into upheaval and and so on and so forth. I mean, I I still think of the hairdressers. I mean, that's the example that comes to my mm-hmm. mind because that's the most obvious one. They went from being closed the longest. They were closed at this time last year. You couldn't get a haircut in Ontario because of COVID. And then when they did reopen in early July, they went right from high risk to minimal risk and never got shut down again. And it was that kind of Bad decision-making that screwed with so many people. And I really, even if I love the Ford platform, which I don't, but even if I did, I would have a hard time rewarding the bad behavior from the past two years. And it's not even at that. It's not even just all that. It's the lack of accountability. I think to the times when I reached out to my member of provincial parliament, never got a reply, or I just got a stock response. You know, we were treated like shit for Mm -hmm. two years. Like absolute garbage. And nobody's talking about that. I'm surprised because if you'd asked me last year at this time, will COVID be an election issue? I would have said, you're goddamn right it will be. But nobody is talking about it. Nobody is. And anytime it does come up, the answer is a very simple, well, it would have been worse with the the NDP or the liberals. Maybe it would have. Maybe it wouldn't have. All we can go on is who was in power. And the person that was in power made some decisions that were very, very, very questionable. I mean, did we forget about carding and and wanting to pull over regular innocent people who went out to get their groceries? Stop and ask for ID. The the proposal that lasted less than 24 hours because they had to pull it off the table less than a day later. I mean, I think about these things and I just have a real hard time marking an X beside the guy who did that. Well, strategy is key. And we've I mean, we've said it many a times leading up to this, getting close to the election when we had Doug Ford's basically letting everybody know how much money they were going to get back. And daycare is one example of of many, of a few that I can think of off the top of my head, right? That was top of mind for a lot of people. And I'm right smack dab in that age range of the people that that will impact. It's the the young families. And the memory's short for a lot of people. So for them knowing, if I vote for someone different, am I going to get, is it going to be $10 daycare? Even though, uh, yeah, I mean, this was a deal we had with the federal government, but people don't, People don't actually do a lot of research on that shit. You know what I mean? They just see what they want to see and what they and what, of course, the the PCs want you to see. And that's, hey, oh, but Doug Ford's giving us money back. We should probably vote for him just to make sure we get it. 
It's all those little things, right? Well, I mean, I personally do remember, and I remember vividly the last two years, and I have a real hard time rewarding that behavior by giving them an endorsement, i.e. my vote, for another four years. But then, again, I still remember, and I still remember those Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGinty years, and I'm not going to forget the fact that Stephen Del Duca was right there. He was the right-hand man when all that shit was going on. Do you remember how angry you were four years ago when you went to cast your ballot in the provincial election? It was a huge majority for Doug Ford. Mm -hmm. And not only was it a big majority for Doug Ford, the liberals almost lost official party status. They almost lost everything because we were so Mm -hmm. angry at the win Del Duca years. Yeah. So, okay, so I've equally shit on Doug and Del Duca. Let's shit on Andrea for a second. I really don't know what they stand for. I I honestly can't figure it out. I mean, they make a lot of promises, but this has been a party that's really just been a bunch of uh, an ineffective opposition at Queens Park. They haven't really done anything except yell and scream and the campaign this time around. I almost think Andrea is hoping she loses so that she can move on. I think she will move on. I think that Doug's going to win by actually quite a landslide. And I think that Andrea definitely should step step aside. I don't think the NDP has a terrible chance with someone else as a leader, but it's not going to be Andrea. Uh, there's the new blue party. I don't even know if that's, they do have candidates in every riding. I think they're an official party and uh, I don't know much about the new blue. I, I haven't really heard anything about them during this campaign. I heard some commercials from the Ontario party. That's Derek Sloan's party. And he criticizes Doug for being too in bed with Justin Trudeau and the world economic forum and, and saying that we will pass legislation so that Ontario never goes into lockdown again. Things like that. And I think, okay, all right, well, I do think we should have a conversation about whether or not we do go into lockdown again. But I don't know that we can just decide now that never, because who knows what's coming next. Mm -hmm. I mean, COVID was one thing, and we can debate that until the sun goes down. But what about what's coming next? What if it's like super COVID or something, and it actually is a real clear and present danger? So I don't know that you can make that promise. Either way, I just feel really, really frustrated by our choices. And, and then I yeah. thought, well, then I'll just go down to the local level. I'm not going to vote for, for Andrea or for Steve or for Doug or for Derek or for, I don't even know who's in charge of the new blue party. Is, is that? I don't know. Don't ask me. Yeah, no I, idea. I, I honestly don't know. So I don't know if I'm going to vote for any of them. Maybe I'll just vote for whoever's had a, a big impact for, for me at my local level. Nothing. They haven't I've done heard, anything for I two years. I've heard nothing. nothing. You know what's so funny is I've heard nothing either. Nothing. I think back to COVID and I do remember asking my MPP questions and being completely ignored, but I was also ignored by my MP. I remember uh, raising serious concerns about certain things that were happening and no response. So I can't even reward those people. I I just am so frustrated by my choices here. And a flyer in the mail doesn't count. No. Can Can we stop? Can we stop? It's litter. It's litter. <laughs> you want to go out and do the old school thing now. It's okay. And people won't open the door if they're not comfortable. But go to events locally. You know, go to the spots that you need to go to. Answer questions. Answer people in person. Let's go. We got to get back to that. I just hope that when it's all over with, we can make progress and move forward. Because there's still a lot of shit that needs to get done. I think we're going to go through a pretty concerning economic time over the next year and a bit. Uh, with those interest rates going up again. Another half point increase, they say, is coming in the next week or two. 
with that happening and, and the half point increase we've already had this year, not to mention inflation and the cost of gas and everything else, I'm really worried about what's ahead here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think all we can do at this point is look to who's going to be the steady hand on the till to guide us through that. So maybe if you want to look to the future and forget about the past, ask yourself who's going to be better at managing what's coming. And a storm is coming. Make no mistake. It's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. I think another housing crisis is coming. There's a lot of people who are struggling to make ends meet right now. Once they raise interest rates, another half point. Well, there's going to be some people that just take the keys and turn them into the bank. There, you take it. I can't afford it anymore. And I think that's going to happen like it did during the housing crisis. Maybe not as bad, but I certainly think a lot of people are going to struggle. And I'd like to know who's going to be there to help them because nobody seems to be looking down the line. In hindsight, it would have been a smart decision for one of the leaders to take that route. But, Kat, I don't even like their campaigns. It's been all sleazy. And Mm -hmm. I remember two days of lead up for we're going to announce a new Doug Ford scandal. That wasn't even a scandal. You know, I mean, stuff mm-hmm. like that, trying to get people excited about the hate and the divide. It's gross. I don't like it. Even today, uh, this morning on our FM radio show, you were mentioning like the stop four. Del Duke is out with his stop four. Like, what the fuck is that? Tell me who you are. Stop. Why, why is everybody so focused? And don't get me wrong. I understand there's history between a lot of these people. And you want to bring that to light in, for example, just when you're doing, for me, um, debates. You know what? Bring that up. Absolutely. But it constantly, through all of your promotion, through your commercials, you have to constantly attack the other person. Tell me what you're going to do. Because we get so caught up in this, that, and the next thing. It's, I don't even know who you are. So you're going to get stung by that. That's the thing. I mean, whatever happened to, hi, my name is yeah. Doug Ford and I'm running to Here's, be premier. Yeah. Here's what I believe in. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I will do. And here's why you should trust me. Whatever happened to yeah. this being a job interview? And isn't there always, hasn't it always been said for years and years, like, don't worry, don't look over at your competitor because you're going to lose focus on your own race. Isn't that always the way it goes? Stop worrying about what the person next to you is doing. Just focus on you and your own. But somewhere along the line, that's just completely jumbled. And it's so frustrating. I mean, these are important decisions. We've seen just how much authority comes from the premier's office over the last two years. This is a guy who can order businesses shut down. He can order the police to pull over random citizens, even though they withdrew it. They still put it in. And that was wrong. But they can order the police to uh, pull you over. They can invoke emergencies acts like they did to clear the border Mm -hmm. blockade in Windsor. Like there's a lot of power that goes with this job. And it's remarkable that really any asshole off the street can do it. You know, it's it's, it's pretty fucking remarkable. Like if you got a big enough coalition together, you could be the person who won that. (laughs) That's a scary thing, guys. Trust, Trust me. It's very scary. So I, uh, I don't envy anybody. If you've got your mind made up and and you're gung-ho excited, good for you. That's great. I struggled like I've never struggled before with who to vote for. And even after I left, I still thought, did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? Because, you know, as much as I'm voting for someone, I'm also voting against others. And I just don't know that I did the right thing. Now, I'm not going to tell you how I voted, and I certainly don't want to influence you one way or the other. Just throwing out some food for thought. But I I think really, since you can't go to the local level, because most of them are a bunch of shitheads, and you can't go on their record because they either don't have one or it's bad, I think all you can do is look to the future and try and anticipate what's coming. And as far as what's coming is concerned, it's scary. So I hope that they get this right. 
You actually made an interesting point at the beginning there, or uh, halfway through this conversation. You were talking about the flyers that they drop off and, no. and put in your mailbox. The garbage? Yeah. The, the stuff that just takes up space in my recycling bin when I could be putting other things in it? Yeah. You know how we have a do not call list? Yeah. In theory, it doesn't work, but we have a do not call list. Maybe we should have a do not mail list because I hate that I get all that stuff. And uh, it just goes right back into the recycling bin at the bottom of the of the mailboxes. I don't even take it home with me anymore. I just toss it. You can apparently do that. But the amount of people who say, yeah, I did. I did request that, but I still get it. It's it's crazy. It's like the free community newspaper. Every community has their own newspaper. They get thrown in their driveway. You can call and hopefully they'll they'll actually do it and, and take you off of the list. But a lot of the time you hear that, yeah, it's kind of like a joke. It is like the do not call list. They'll mm-hmm. still call you. I, most of the mail that we get could probably be eliminated. But even at that, I mean, we deal with people every single day that are looking to market their business. They they buy radio advertising. And yeah. that's still a smart thing. I know that there's some people who don't think it's smart to advertise on radio, but it is still the most effective way to reach a mass audience in mm-hmm. a short amount of time. Who thinks to themselves, you know what we should do? We should do up some flyers and pay to have them put in people's mailboxes. Like, who do you think is looking at those ads? Because I honestly don't understand it. I don't look at them. Is it just old people? You know what? I think that there's... lonely people? There's there's post-campaign surveys that they do. And somewhere along the line, Scott, somebody must be, I think, reading old surveys that show that leaflets and shit like that... Go a long way. In my opinion, they don't. It just angers me when I see it. I don't even care who you are. I don't take the time to look. But I will tell you, I don't know how many people do that. Open it up, look at it, and go, oh, Steve Zammerman. Looks like a great guy. I'll vote for him. I don't think anybody's doing that. You know? I really don't. Look at the fast food chains. They're pretty savvy when it comes to marketing. And occasionally, they'll do a blitz in a certain area and, hey, we're going to mail out some McDonald's coupons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. That's fine. That's fine. They probably get some return on those. Sure. But by and large, for years, they've been trying to train us. No, when you want those coupons, they don't come in your mail anymore. They're on the app. And more and more people are downloading the app. My phone looks like a food court. I've got apps for all of them. Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, A&W, Dairy Queen. I've got them all just in case I happen to be at one of those places and they want to offer me a discount. I'll take it just for having your app. (laughs) Fucking right. Do I remember to grab the coupon that came in the mail? No. Nope. If it even makes it into the car. Forget it. I forget. I forget them all the time. Even if I see something like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll use that. And then I'm at that place. I go, didn't I have a coupon for that lying around somewhere? Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting result on Thursday. If you look at the polls, they say it's going to be an even bigger majority for Doug Ford than he has now. But that's also contingent on whether or not you vote. If you, th- I think they like to put out those polls because it discourages people from the other parties from even voting. If, if you're a, a lifelong liberal and you see Doug Ford's going to win probably 83 seats, the liberals might get to 10 or 12. What's the point in even voting? I've got better shit to do on Thursday than go out and vote for an election that's already decided. I hope people don't feel that way. And if you're one of those people thinking, ah, Doug's got this in the bag. I don't need to waste my time on Thursday. We're good. I don't think you should take anything for granted because I think that there's a lot of people who are say they're going to vote and probably won't on Thursday. And I think that there's a lot of people who think they know who they're going to vote for, but they Mm -hmm. might have that sober second thought between now and Thursday. So 
Good luck, everybody. Don't take anything for granted. Remember, there are people that died for the ability to do what you're considering not doing on Thursday. Get out and vote, and and hopefully the result from this sends a strong enough message to whoever wins that they better stick to what they're promising. For the most part, this whole election's been about highways and slander. The whole thing has Mostly. just been shitting on yeah. each other. Uh, I do, You know what? I really wish that there was more time for debates because all the things that there's a few things that came up during this campaign that I think are worth discussing no matter who wins. Taking the HST off of prepared foods under $20. I'm not a liberal and I don't like Stephen Del Duca, but that's a good idea. You know how much money that would save people? Every time you get a coffee or pick up a burger or a wrap, it would save you money. And that's money right back in your pocket. I think that's a great little tax cut that everybody can use the four-day work week (laughs) when are we going to talk about that seriously come on the party that's got one of the worst chances of winning is the party that comes up with that idea no i know let's have that discussion and i think we should uh side note on that they just released the annual list of the cities that have the best work-life balance only four canadian cities even made the list and all of them are down in place from previous years, the best work-life balance in Canada belongs to Ottawa okay. at seventh. In all fairness, they were home a lot over the last year because of the truck protest and because of yeah, COVID. Didn't and a lot else. of people have a better work-life balance Jeez. over the last couple of years? You're home a lot. Vancouver was second, but it came in 16th overall. Toronto came in 19th overall, and Calgary was 30th overall. The survey looked at elements such as remote working, work intensity, as well as unemployment figures, the number of people who work multiple jobs, and how cities are caring for their citizens. Interesting. The multiple jobs thing. There's a lot of people in that category. There's a lot of people doing that. Doesn't it seem that way? Everybody I talk to is either doing a side hustle or they're trying to figure one out because everybody wants to bring in a few extra bucks to make up what's missing from our wallets lately. Thursday is election day. We got a great text this morning to our radio show about a wedding, and it's an interesting situation. I want to bring it up. Yeah, I love, I love, I love this time of year for the for the drama. As long as I'm not in in it, you know what I mean. Uh, this person message reached out because they're not quite sure to do specifically what to do about the gift. So here's the scenario: This person has been invited to the wedding in June. They are, as they put it, good friends. Okay, so good friends with these people. They're getting married on a Thursday, and it's three hours away. So three hours from your place, come to the wedding, but can you please come the Wednesday before the wedding? And then, of course, you're going to want to stay the night of the wedding. Hold on, sir. You're out. You've already hit strike one, two, and three. You don't like any of that. (laughs) Yeah, you like none of it. Okay, so the texter says, uh, we stay at the venue since I'm single, I'm paying the exact same rate as doubles. It's $200 a night. So in total, $400 for my accommodation. We also have to bring our own food and drinks and figure all of that out. The only food provided will be a welcome dinner Wednesday night and then the food and drinks at the actual wedding reception. Okay. So that's, I mean, it's a tough one, right? That's a big ask. I don't, for me, if that was, if that was me and let's say it was a, a good friend, a good friend that was getting married and they're like, hey, I'm getting married. I'm going to go ahead and assume, and maybe I'm wrong to assume, but this could be like the Thursday before uh, a holiday. 
Because a couple of holidays this summer, I believe, fall on the Friday, right? Like Canada Day, for example. Is on a Friday? Is, is, on, a, is on a Friday, I believe. Oh, okay. The first. So let's say that you d- it does fall into a long weekend. Fair enough. Maybe that's why you're wondering why a Thursday wedding. That's why it might make sense. It's kind of like having a Friday night wedding, I guess. Either way, for me, what I suggested is maybe be like, guys, I will attend the wedding because I am your good friend, but it doesn't mean I'm coming on the Wednesday. You know what? I'm going to skip the rehearsal dinner. I'm going to save myself a couple hundred bucks that way. I don't have to worry about buying my own food and drinks throughout the day then and then the next morning, but I'll leave the morning of the wedding. I will head there. I will take the hotel for that night. I will be there for you. And then maybe a small gift. It is a lot to ask for people to spend two nights in a hotel, especially if you're a single person. So 400 plus, you know, there's going to be some other stuff on top of that. Gas money, especially if this is a three hour trip one way and then again another way you got to go home. That's a lot of money and gas. So, yeah, it's a big ask. I mean, for me, I understand that you're a good friend. You want to go and that's not part of the question is should I go? You stay one night, you know, don't don't feel pressured to stay the two nights and then probably a small gift of some kind. Um, you wouldn't do any of it, would you? Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to, I'll treat this as if it's uh, not my best friend, but a friend. A friend. I just say like a close acquaintance. A close acquaintance? Is Someone that, that I might have over to my home, but not necessarily my bestie. That's probably a good place to put them. Driving three hours. I mean, whether you drive three hours or fly three hours, I guess it doesn't really matter. Either way, you can't be at home. You're going to have to pay for a hotel. Thursday wedding... If it does lead into the Canada Day weekend, not the end of the world, but I personally don't love it when people try and make plans for the long weekend on my behalf. Mm -hmm. Great that you want to get married. Good. Oh, it's on the long weekend? Mm, Now you're kind of cutting into my time. But okay, fine. Even though it's that, I'll still go. Am I going to come up the night before and get a hotel for that night? I don't know. That's a tall ask. It really is, especially at 200 bucks a night. Maybe I would, especially if it's an early in the day ceremony. If they're having like an 11 a.m. ceremony or something, yeah, maybe I don't want to get up at 5 a.m. and have to drive up three hours in my suit ready to go to the wedding. So maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. But all this is coming off the gift here. Then Uh we get to the point where, so they're providing dinner on the Wednesday night. Yeah. And then the wedding is fairly straight up normal. It's dinner and an open bar. Yeah. Okay, but it's the stuff in between where you're on your own. Exactly, the stuff in between you're on your own. I don't know that I could really expect them to cover all that, but I mean, okay, is it, are you kind of stuck with the venue's food for that extra day or is there like a Tim's or a McDonald's or something you can drive to? Which direction is it? Because that matters, right? Are you in bumfuck nowhere or or are you like three hours away as in like, hey, I'm in a city, like it's a big city still. So there's lots of options. I don't know. For me, it's the, I wouldn't do the Wednesday. I'm telling you, because if I'm, so I'm not close enough to be in your wedding party, but you want me to go to the, the rehearsal dinner. That's why weird. am I going to the rehearsal dinner if I'm not in the wedding party? So no, save that for the people who are in the wedding. I would kind of feel awkward about it. Even if you are like pretty good friends with the person, I don't belong here. Nah, I'm that, good, man. I'll, I'll go in the morning. That's almost like two weddings then. You have to go to a formal event on the Wednesday and a formal event on the Thursday. Yep, And don't forget all the little things that come with that, too, because then you do are thinking about clothes, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Do I have a good dress for this rehearsal dinner? Plus, I have to find myself a dress and shoes for the wedding, probably. I don't think I can recycle any of the stuff I have. You know, there's all these little things, all these little things that add up. But the majority of people, in case you're curious, the majority of people that answered said, absolutely, you have to cut back on the gift. 
Some people said a nice bottle of champagne will do. Just get a nice bottle of champagne as a gift. Congratulations. Here it is. That's it. No cash with it. Nothing. This person says, well, pardon my language, but even fuck the $50 because you had mentioned at the time, hey, just give him like a 50 or something. You're making me spend over $400 and I have to bring my own food for everything else. You're not getting shit. You're lucky I came at all. This person says <laughs> at this point, I would tell that person don't attend the wedding or any event. Instead, write a nice check for $400. You win, they win. I don't think that's what the the question is, though. The gist I get is this is your friend. You do want to be there. You're just wondering, what do I do in terms of a gift? I don't see a scenario. And if if they think it's bad that you don't give them a gift and you're asking all that of them, they're assholes. Like, plain and simple. So I don't see a scenario where they would be that upset with you or be like, where's our money? Where's our gift? That's a lot. Um, This texture says the time commitment is already enough. So the answer is no, not in this economy. The gas money to get there and back, two nights accommodation, that's the gift. Uh, And you know, like I understand where where Kathy, that's someone who texts us, um, I understand where that comes from too. Because that's the same thing goes for a destination wedding. A lot of people believe you don't need to. You arriving there, you being there is the gift. We said the same about our wedding. We went to Vegas. So you want to come? Great. Don't give us anything. And most people did that, by the way. Most people did not give us anything. And we, I was happy about that. They Good. actually listened. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm struggling with a lot of this one, Kat. I, uh, I think that if it were me and it were a friend, I would probably go for the Wednesday. Of course, I'll be there on the Thursday. That's already expensive enough. Like you said, three-hour drive. You've got to provide your own meals, although you would have to provide those at home anyway, in all fairness. Uh, the hotel, the gas, all that. Ugh, the gift, though. It's kind of like a destination wedding, so I'm probably not going to give them as much. But I also realize that couples getting married really kind of rely on those envelopes that get stuffed in the big bird cage. So, but it does matter when you ask this much of someone. It really does. It does make a difference. People that are getting married are some of the most inconsiderate people in the world. They're focused on... No, <laughs> My day. <laughs> right, it, right. It's true, though. I mean, there's entire shows about it. We've seen them. I, I just think that... Yeah, I mean, it works for you and you found your perfect day and stuff like that and you want people to come. And yeah, let's be honest. You want gifts and you would prefer those gifts be money unless it's some specific big ticket item that you asked for. Mm -hmm. I think if you go to that and as a gift, give them a bottle of champagne. I mean, even if it's a real nice bottle of champagne, I don't think it's going to go that far. You might as well just give nothing at all. You wonder if they brought something up. Like, did they say something to you? I guess not. Like, did they say, just so you know, don't get us anything. If you Can you come these two nights, but don't get us anything? Because that's, that's key. If you are having a destination wedding, if you are expecting people to come three hours from where you all grew up and where you all live and, and stay at a hotel, not one, but two nights for a lot of people, put that out there and make sure that they know. I, wanna, I made it well aware. Do not get me something. Do not get us something. This is the gift. And you get to enjoy yourself, too. And maybe you will enjoy yourself wherever this wedding is. I don't know where it is, but maybe you will enjoy yourself. You'll get to see a couple of things during the day before the wedding. Maybe you will. But, you know, treat that as the gift. That's that's my opinion. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about what travelers already know, but is now confirmed by the higher authorities, the Greater Airport Authority of Toronto, who are saying there's a lot of delays at the airport, Cat. Yeah. A lot of delays. Yeah. Get this. Um, in April, and, and they're comparing this year to 2019, pre-pandemic. So this April that just went by, Incoming international flights were held on the tarmac at Pearson Airport 2,204 times. 2,204 times a plane came in from an international destination and was told, hold, stay there. Don't unload your passengers yet. You can't stay here. (laughs) So that's up a bit, particularly when you compare it to 2019. When the number was eight, eight planes in the month of April 2019 were held on the tarmac. This past April, it was 2,204. Like, come on, yeah, guys. It's not. It's it's not, I just want to know, I, I would love to, I mean, we don't have a crystal ball, so I get it, but I want to know from people who work in the travel industry, it's specifically, specifically the airlines and anything to do with it, in and around the airports, because we know that that's where it's insane. Do they predict, do they feel, or are these issues going to continue to last? Is this going to happen in all throughout June? Is this going to happen through July? Or will we eventually get a hang of it? Because it seems to be several different reasons why. We've talked about all those reasons, guys. It's a mixture between we're rusty I get it. I don't think we are. I don't, I don't know that we are either. Because from what I can tell, a lot of people do come prepared. But there are some people who aren't. And I, But that should that really hold up planes? No. Hey, it's very simple. If I get to the front of the line and I don't have my documents ready, go to the back of the line and get your documents ready. Come back next time prepared. Everybody can learn that sure. lesson once. Yeah. And then you won't forget it. I, I think that when they blamed us for the airport delays that was just so tone deaf and it just looked silly and i mean the fact that we we knew that there were staff shortages and for a while it was like no no almost like a denial but people who work for the airlines are like yes there is (laughs) what do you mean but and here's the thing is it's understandable though what i do i do understand the staff shortage we can't not get angry about that this is an industry that was shut down virtually shut down for two whole years there's a lot of people who work in it I mean, I know of some of them, for example, who maybe they were flight attendants in any way, shape or form. They worked for airlines that just said, screw this. I need to make money. So they left the industry altogether and they're not going back. 
And there's several of them in that scenario. So if that's if it's that mixed with a couple different things, um, people just naturally moving along and not a lot of people wanting to go to school for it, thinking what's going to happen? Like, am I going to have a secure job? Because you just let a bunch of people go and laid people off in this industry. Do I go into it? So I'm hopeful uh, that we get things kind of picked up a little bit and that more hires are done because obviously and it is. It, this is travel time. A lot of people have the fever to travel, Scott, which is, by the way, increasing the price so freaking much. It's insane. Well, I was going to ask you about that because we haven't <clears throat> had a conversation on air about it, but you are in the pod about it. You're booking this trip and it seems like everything is outrageously priced for a trip within Canada. Yeah, and and that's the we've how many times have we talked about the fact that we should just have a discount to travel if we want to travel in our own country. You know, you want us to see and keep our money here. Great. Well, then give us some form of incentive because it's extremely expensive. And some of it's on me, right? Like I'm not even going to say, "Oh, I can't believe the stay in Banff is exp-. it's always going to be expensive." I actually found the hotels to not be too bad. It's the travel portion. That's what's expensive. The flights that would have been cheaper are definitely more expensive. The cars and I spoke to several rental car rental places, and this is everywhere, Scott, have, oh my gosh, increased substantially, like doubled, and in some cases, tripled the price to rent a vehicle. It's insane. Did it, does it, it come with free gas then? No, of course not. Oh, you it's, still got to bring it back full, do you? Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's so in demand that um, when I was talking to a couple of people, so this is out west, at Hertz, uh, they were like, yep, we're booked into, and this is August, guys. Keep in mind, this is August. We're booked up for all of the, like, your standard vehicles. So, like, your RAV, like, smaller SUVs are mostly gone. The smaller cars, a Corolla. I got lucky. I got, like, a smaller-sized car because I was like, I don't need a massive vehicle. It's fine. At, all of them are taken. So, you have no choice but to get the more expensive ones. On top of the fact that, you know, it's like 1500 bucks to get a car for a week. It used to be, like, way cheaper. I know for a while. But anyway, the demand is there. And when the demand is there, that means the prices go higher and the flights are expensive and everything. It just adds up. Yeah, I, I, I'm really surprised to hear in one sentence, people have got the travel bug. They've got the travel fever. They're ready to go. And then in the next sentence, yeah. how expensive everything is, because it doesn't yeah. seem to add up. I'd love to it, travel right now, but I don't know. I mean, we've got another interest rate announcement coming down in like a week. And I'm worried about what's going to happen. Yeah. So I'd love to think that there's other people like me that are thinking, yeah, I'd love to go away, but let's just see what happens here. Yeah, there's people changing their plans for sure. Uh, but there's other people that are just saying, fuck it. And I know a lot of people in that fuck it category that are just like, I've waited too long for this. I have wanted to go on this, you know, family vacation. Uh, for a girlfriend of mine who's planning a trip to Disney for the fall has already said like the that it's insane right now because it's everybody's taking up spots there. So people are still traveling. Keep in mind, too, though, some families have there are people in that boat that don't have money. There's a lot of families that have saved up and been able to actually save up money throughout the pandemic. And maybe they ran out of things to renovate in their home and they said, let's just go to Disney. Let's just take that all inclusive trip. I know a ton of friends who are going away. So they have managed to save up the money and they don't care that it's going to be $500, $600 more than it would have a couple years ago because they've just waited too long. And it is an experience and we shouldn't hold back if you have the ability to. But I understand there's some people who can't and that's understandable. Uh, With the delays, sorry, with the delays at the airport, one other thing I'd like to mention is they're still enforcing the mandates. And while we do have a staff shortage, part of the problem is that the staff are being reallocated, whereas we would normally have, let's say, 
I don't know, 100 people at the security gates. Now we've got some of those staff that have been moved into COVID Hall that are not Uh there at the security gate, and that screws things up too. And it really only seems to happen during the morning flights. It seems like in the morning it is a gong show, but then by the end of the day, it seems to have caught up and regulated itself. It's right around the shift change. So it makes perfect sense that the people in charge need to get in and do something, but I don't know that there's a desire to do something if fixing that is what needs to be done. Uh, We'll wait and see, but either way, if you're going to the airport, be prepared for delays. They went from eight to over 2,200 flights left on the tarmac. Actually, we got a text message to our radio show today from someone who just came in last night. I'm assuming from Europe because their flight was from Iceland, and that's a very cheap way to get to and from Europe is connect in Iceland. He landed. They left the plane on the tarmac for an hour, and then they would only release 60 passengers every 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes, another 60 people could get up and then go and join that long line at security. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. Imagine that. You just came in off a European flight. You still got to get your bags. You still got to go through customs. You got to do all that nonsense. Get a ride from whoever's picking you up. But first, you got to sit on the tarmac for an hour. And then if you're at the back of the plane, it's probably going to be another hour before you get off Mm -hmm. if you're in that final group of 60. Scary stuff. Your uh, daughter began soccer on the weekend. She did. She did, yeah. And and was this a a big thing? Uh, Did you guys have to, was there like, pack the car, let's bring some snacks, make sure we've got extra water, like a big fucking ordeal to get out the door to go and watch a kid's soccer Oh, there was definitely a lot of prep. I also have a a younger daughter that's not doing soccer. She's, She's three, so she's not there. She's not there yet. She's not at that stage where she could actually do it. Uh, but we, yeah, we packed up everything. We Once we figured out which field we were on, because the whole park, you, did you guys see every fucking sports game that was happening in every park this weekend? Yes. It's so much more noticeable when you have a kid in sports, isn't it? Because I never even paid attention to people on the lawn chair sitting by the road watching a game. Never paid it one little iota of attention to it. And now I have kids. I get it. I see it. Well, before we carry on with this, I'm going to tell you something. As someone who had two kids playing sports for their entire lives, and now someone who runs organized sports, I'm the commissioner of two different leagues and an event. One of the biggest complaints that parents have, and cities could fix this. They could fix it no problem. Inadequate signage at the venue. It is (laughs) remarkable that we will spend millions of dollars to put in uh, a new park with splash pads and baseball diamonds and turf fields and this, that, and the other thing. LED lighting and everything. And we didn't spend the extra couple of bucks to properly label which field is one, which field is two, three, yeah. four, and the list goes on. That that was part of the struggle for a lot of people because it was it was beginning day for that particular uh, league, right? So this is starting day. Everybody's trying to ke- like get their bearings here, right? So we're all trying to figure out, I need my jersey. It was the day to pick up the jersey, pick up the ball, pick up the socks, pick up the shorts, the whole fucking nine. This was pickup day too. So also finding where that is first, then finding your field. There were some families that didn't even get there until halfway through the the game or the practice slash game that they had. So that happened all in every single field. So that was absolutely like, yeah, it was a gong show trying to figure that out. We got there a little bit early thinking that was a good idea. We got lucky because what happened is there's a lot of games that are in and out, right? So it's like, okay, 
if you have a game at nine, you have a game at nine, your ass is out of here at 945 in the morning. Next team's in at 10. Then their ass is out of here at 1045 in the morning and so on and so forth. Yes. So we got there early thinking this is great. We'll get a good spot. No, those teams were playing before us. So their parking lot's fucking jam. That's the other thing too, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, we got lucky. We got a spot. Fine. She had a great time, which is good. She's going to crush it. She's just going to crush it. Um, she's one of these one of these kids that looks way older than, than she is. So she's on a team of four and five-year-olds. And I had a couple of parents be like, is she, is she like, I'm like, I'm not cheating. Yes, she's turning five. She's not five yet. Hey, if yeah. you're already pulling a scam, honestly, fucking right. Honestly, fucking right. The guy next yep. to me is like, well, fuck. Because she, she did great. So she had a great time. Uh, once we got through all of that stuff, it was it's funny to watch, though, because they're, they're cute. They're young. Half of them didn't understand what to do, where to go. Uh, they were coached, which is good. But it's I feel for the coaches. When you're coaching four and five year olds, sure. No, 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 no. Wrong way. You don't. You don't pass to that person in the opposite jersey. Where are you going? No, you're get back here. You know all of that. People's shoes falling off because nothing fit properly for some of them. Sitting down on the grass. One of the people who was supposed to be in net just fucking walked away. Amazing. <laughs> it uh. was just funny. It was funny, <laughs> but yeah, it's good. It'll be an adventure. I uh, I I don't miss those days because they are very chaotic. But it's amazing to go and watch your kid do oh, something without you. Because there's very few circumstances as a parent where you send your kid off and you can see them do it, but you can't help them do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I like that part. That's hard for a lot of parents, so I'm glad. But I also know you and you have a bit, a little bit, of a competitive side. And and that's good. But I'm wondering, let me just ask you a couple of questions. At any point, did you want to walk on the field and kick the ball yourself? No, no, I did not. Did you at any point chirp a referee? No, I did not. I couldn't even find one. Did you, in your mind, question a call? That wasn't out of bounds, sons of bitches. They're trying to fuck us here. No, it wasn't that serious. I don't even think they had bounds. That referee's totally in the tank for the green team. We didn't even know what was going on. (laughs) Nope, none of it. Did you at any point want to talk to the coach about his plans for the season and what the playing time is going to be like? (laughs) No, I don't think he even wanted to be there to talk about it. Right, right. Okay, well, so far... You're not getting any red flags from the rep parent list, but if you find no. yourself doing any of those things, then you need to take a step it, back. It's funny because I'm not even, I'm not the competitive one. My husband, yes, he's excited for the day where he can get her competitive. He was already calling her like the next Christine St. Clair. I'm not even kidding. He was like, look at her. She's going to be, oh, this is great. Yep. And he's out there in the field training her. So it's not me you need to talk to about that and ask those questions too. It's my husband. I was just there for the sunshine uh, watching the sh- gong show happen on the field. I, I personally don't, I, I don't care about anything else. I'm just really glad that, the, that it's happening again. To be honest with you, I'm just glad to see it. I was glad to see kids making friends with each other, parents talking to one another, uh, everybody just getting along, enjoying the sunshine, kids getting exercise. It was all good. Okay, well, I, I deal with this shit all the time, and I can tell you that there's several different types of parents. There's the ultra competitive, yeah, my girl's going to be the next Christine Sinclair. And of course, what a great example to look up to. So that's good. So you get those real competitive ones that are already planning out which university she'll accept a scholarship from. <laughs> I know, like, calm down. You, yeah. You've got those. Then you've got the ones that like to uh, bring a few beers and tailgate in the parking lot. They, they'll go to their kids' sports, but they really only go to socialize with the other parents. Yes. And Yeah, the kids will go run around. Come on over here. I've got Bud Lights and I got Michelob in case yeah. you're watching the calories. <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Come, come on over to my what truck. Fuck? <laughs> I bought a barbecue yeah. and we're going to make some Caesars later. It's like, what the fuck are yep. you doing? <laughs> yep. It's like you're running a speakeasy of some sort. I know those people. Yeah. yeah. So you get those. 
Then you get others who really don't want to rock the boat. They're, they're just sort of there. They don't really want to talk to anybody. They just want to watch their kid, get their kid, and go home. And that's fine. They're very quiet. Then you get the other parents who are thinking, you know what? This is good, but it could be better. I'm going to talk to the coach later on. I think we should start selling tickets to get into this thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, Maybe we'll put it on the score app and we can do a little betting oh, and shit geez. like that. Like, yeah. hey, would you like me to be in charge of keeping the team's stats and shit like that? There's no fucking stats. We don't need to know how many takeaways no. there no. were. Not at this age. But you get such a wide variety sure. of parents and personalities. I'm excited for you. You're going to go through all the shit that I have probably bored you to tears with over the years telling you about it's, my experience. It's interesting. One thing that I will say too is because my kid's part of the, the Tim Hortons, Tim Bits holes thing and I never really understood how that worked but they did actually supply everything. Mm-hmm. Tim Hortons supplied everything for the entire team so that uh, you know parents didn't have to worry about all the purchases that they have to make, right? And you already have to worry about the safety stuff is important, right? The shin pads and the, and the proper shoes, the cleats, blah. But to have a, a jersey for everybody, shorts and socks, all supplied by Tim Hortons. I do got to say, like, I never really paid attention to it because why would I? Right. Why would I pay attention to that in my life? But I but I definitely took note of that. And I thought that's really nice. Oh, you know what? Tim Hortons, Tim Bits program, whether it's soccer or hockey or I think they do Tim's baseball now, too. Really, really great it's program. Great. Yeah, it is. It's good for them for sponsoring. Yeah, uh, Canadian Tire is another good yes, one. Yes, they do the jumpstart thing too, which is so incredible to allow families to even go. Because I'm talking about all this and all these parents that were able to do it, right? But then there's fam- a lot of families who are like, "I'd love to get my kid into sports. I can't afford it." Good that you mentioned that because I actually process a. It's in the hundreds of jumpstart applications yeah. every year. Yeah, and the need is exceptional. Like I've never seen, and it's getting worse. Like, and and it's hard for a parent to say, Hey, listen, I really want my kid to play uh, baseball, but the cost is just too much. Like you guys want like $400 to play baseball and I could maybe come up with 200. Okay. No problem. Let's get you a jumpstart application. And they are so fucking good. I'll tell you everybody, I can't say enough good things about jumpstart. If you ever get the opportunity to donate to a charity and you want to know that your money is being used effectively, not being wasted on a ton of administrative expenses, consider donating to jumpstart. Because what happens is parents can apply to them or they can come to a league and say, I can't afford it. And then we can apply on their behalf for uh, little Timmy here wants to play hockey, but the cost is too great. He needs 200 bucks. They'll just send a check for 200 bucks to the organization in Timmy's name and boom, Timmy's playing hockey. And every family should be able to do that. Like the, to me, it's just so important for kids to do that young. And maybe they're going to get to a point where they don't want to. And that's fine. And they'll pick their lead. They'll pick their lane. You know what I mean? Because kids, you can throw them. I got thrown into soccer, for example. Acton. Go team Acton. But I was young and I, it turns out I wasn't as interested as I was going into gymnastics, for example. But every single kid, every single family, no matter how much money they have, should absolutely have all kids in some form of organized sports. I don't care if that means it's swimming or gymnastics or soccer or t-ball or lacrosse or name any of it. Everyone, that should almost be a right, I feel like, because those kids don't deserve to sit out on the sidelines because of the income of their family. Thank you for mentioning lacrosse. I didn't want to because it always sounds like, oh, he's trying to push (laughs) lacrosse again. But that's more one of the, like the first thing that parents think of when they do think of sports like that is the the cost. Which one's the cheapest? Yeah, is which one's the cheapest? And for a lot of people, by the way, that is usually soccer. They think, okay, well, they get a ball. Maybe we need cleats. That's 10. We go to play it against sports, get it for 10 bucks, whatever it is. 
they go with the cheapest ones they can think of or t-ball might be cheaper i don't know you can name a few i'm sure that you'd think of as cheaper but hockey is one that people avoid like the plague because it's too expensive lacrosse is another one and i know there's a few more that i haven't mentioned a basketball could be a cheaper one for example as well because mm-hmm. you don't need as much gear and all the other shit that goes along with it so uh, i i just i just believe it should be a right more so than just something that you get to do if you're lucky and on that We will say thank you, everybody, for downloading this episode of After 9. One more to go this month, and chronologically, that's tomorrow. So we'll see you then. (laughs) You have a fantastic day. Uh, Stay cool. It's a special weather statement about the heat today. If you're not listening to us in southern Ontario, you should know what's going on in southern Ontario. We had a shitty winter. (laughs) Real shitty. (laughs) So, so spring. Now we're being violently thrust into summer with two... 40 degree days with the humidity and then Thursday back down to 20 degrees. Yeah, it's weird. Thursday it'll be half of what it is today and tomorrow. Like, come on. Come on. It's weird. Yeah. But either way, we'll enjoy these warm ones while we can. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.